Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going, guys? How has March been? You know, it feels like this year has really flown past. I think the older I get, the more that seems to be the case. And it wasn't too long ago that I was doing my Q2 prep. I take a couple of days at the end, towards the end of every quarter, to evaluate how that quarter went, to adjust my goals accordingly, and, and just you know, think about where I want to go in the next three months. So it's crazy that I've already done that for the second quarter of the year. Today, I want to use some material from one of my all-time favorite leadership books. It's definitely the one that has the most sticky notes in it. It's called Leading with Emotional Intelligence, written by Reldon Nadler. And I've used this resource in other episodes of the podcast. And today, I want to talk specifically about tools for building your self-confidence. Specifically, he talks about being on your side rather than being on your case. The term that you've probably heard me use if you've listened to the podcast is having your own back, right? Having your own back about the decisions you make, having your own back about doing the things you decide to do. And today we're going to really talk about kind of the language, the self-talk that you engage in. And is that language representative of being on your own side? In other words, having your own back? Or is it more representative of being on your case, kind of beating yourself up? When you're on your case, you're hard on yourself. It, it often comes from a belief that you need to do that, that you're supposed to push yourself in a kind of a judgmental, critical way to get better. And what many people don't realize is that the calculus for evaluating success or failure is probably what's at fault. It's not what you did or didn't do. It's what you think about what you did or didn't do. How do you frame that quote unquote mistake? I actually, and you've probably heard me say this as well in the podcast, I don't think of it as winning or losing. I think of it as winning or learning. Because oftentimes, I learn so much more from failures than I do from winning that I can apply to the next time. And it's only a failure if I quit trying, right? When you're never satisfied with your performance, your self-confidence is going to naturally be impacted. You're going to be maybe unhappy, stressed out all of the time. And as as a coach, I understand that all of the relationships in your life are natural outcroppings of how you treat yourself. I use the analogy of like a bicycle wheel, right? So my relationship with myself is in that hub in the center of that wheel. And what that looks like affects every spoke that comes out from that in terms of how I treat family, how I treat friends, how I treat clients, 
how I talk to you guys, right? You know, am I am I judging judging you people that I've never even met via the the podcast? Am I am I putting you down or am I talking up to you and encouraging and hopefully I'm doing the latter. So while we're going to specifically talk today about your relationship with yourself in this episode, I really want you to understand that getting that quote unquote right is going to affect all the other relationships in your life. If you're going to, if you lead people, you're likely to treat those people in the same way that you treat yourself. You cannot hate yourself into becoming a better performer at work. You cannot hate yourself into becoming a better leader. You can't hate yourself into becoming more promotable. When you can be on your side, you develop a more accurate calibration that you can use to measure yourself, and and it will definitely positively impact your relationships with others. So instead of using on-your-case language with yourself, you can begin practicing more on-your-side language, and we're going to give some examples here. So here are some examples of on-your-case language, and... I fully have this vision of of people listening to this going, you know, the, if you've watched Forrest Gump's movie, he goes, I did that. So I feel like some of you are going to be saying, I did that. So here's some examples of on your case language. How could I be so lame? Don't I know better than this? I'm an idiot for doing this. Why didn't I start this sooner? I could have done a much better job. What is wrong with me? I should have known better. Insert raised voice there. Hopefully you got the point. So here's some examples of on your side language. Which parts went well? What didn't turn out the way I wanted it to? Notice how different that is than beating myself up. There's no, there's no curiosity in that on your case language. There's no drive to do better. There's just beating up. But if I think of it in terms of what didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, what do I want to do differently next time? What exactly didn't work out here? Which part is under my influence? And that's something I've talked about before on the podcast is recognizing when something doesn't go as planned, owning your part of it, that's a part of emotional intelligence, and not owning parts that are out of your control, that were out of your control. Is there anything I could have done differently? You know, you can think of it as, how do I want to do this differently next time? What can I learn from this performance? What do I want to improve on next time? Is there any learning, training, or help I need to improve my performance? So rather than beating myself up, maybe I identify, you know what? There's that class that I've been thinking about. I think it really would help me in this area. Let's get signed up, right? That's useful language. That's useful self-talk. On your case language is demanding, demeaning, damaging, irrational. And overgeneralized, right? It tends to, instead of looking at the particular issue that went wrong or didn't go as planned, you tend to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. It leaves you feeling dissatisfied. You lose confidence. You feel maybe overwhelmed. On your side language is respectful to yourself. And yes, you should be respectful to yourself. How can you expect to be respectful of others if you are beating up on yourself? It's also constructive, it's rational, it's realistic, and it leaves you feeling encouraged and energized with an action plan for the future. So here are some questions to ask yourself the next time you find yourself 
maybe recognizing that you're in some on your case language. How accurate is my evaluation system? So when I say something like, how could I be so stupid? Maybe I need to back up and look at how I've calibrated that system that I've decided I'm I'm just generically stupid about maybe all things because this one little thing didn't go as I planned. Another question, on a scale of one to 100, what percentage of the time am I on my case? So this really speaks to recognizing where you are now in an effort to improve. So kind of creating that baseline data, if you will. Next question, how do I feel after I've been on my case? Like, let's look at this. Let's look at let's look at the results. Let's look at the, you know, the lack of upside to me beating on myself. How do I feel in that moment when I've just put myself down? If you find it difficult to put yourself in that position, think about how you have felt when someone else has put you down, maybe in a, a public setting. Oh, my gosh, I had this happen back in the 90s. In Columbus, Georgia, when I worked at Columbus State University, I can still remember where I was standing. I can still remember, you know, what the person who said it to me, who it was, what she said, how I felt. I can, and this is, you know, 20 plus years ago. And I remember so clearly feeling really like crap. Here's another question. What are the consequences for me and others for being on my case? And again, this is not beating yourself up, but this is looking at how does this negatively impact or or does it negatively impact me? How might it impact my family, my friends, my coworkers once I'm on my case? Here's another question. Do I treat others as harshly as I do myself? I think it's useful. Again, we're not beating ourselves up. We're giving an honest assessment so we can improve. But looking at, you know, those days maybe in particular where you've beat yourself up, have you noticed that you then turn around and snap at coworkers or direct reports or family members? Here's another question. Is this an effective pattern for me to continue with? Do I like what I'm seeing as I assess or am I ready to make some changes? And next question, if I don't change this, what do I stand to lose or miss out on? The first step in this process has got to be awareness. So telling yourself the truth about how often you're on your case, perhaps the scenarios in which you tend to be more on your case than others. And noticing when you're on your case versus on your side, that's the whole the whole beginning of this process. Notice it. Change always begins with an honest assessment of where you are right now. And, and I want to also talk about when you become more aware of your on your case language, the tendency can be to beat yourself up. So now if you think about it, you're kind of hitting yourself twice, right? You're already beating yourself for, for being on your case. But now you're also beating yourself up for knowing that you're on your case and you're beating yourself up for beating yourself up kind of is what I mean. And it might sound like something like this. I'm such an idiot for beating myself up so much. That's not useful either, right? It might be something like, okay, I just realized that about 60% of the time when something goes wrong, I have a tendency to say to myself X. And that's something I'd like to change. I'm going to shoot for getting it below half the time. That's my next goal. I'm going to work on at least half the time. I'm going to be on my side with my self-talk, not on my case. 
what do you do next? Now that you have this awareness and you start to notice and maybe quantify how often this is happening and in which cases, which scenarios it tends to happen, the next step is to begin slowly redirecting your brain, right? You've you've trained it to be on your case. It's really good at it, right? Our brains like to be efficient. So when we've given it enough practice, it is able to put behaviors, responses, thoughts into our subconscious where it can just kind of sit there at a low level. It's there, it's available, but we're not aware of it, right? It's just become part of quote unquote who we are. So what I want you to do is begin to engage in that on your side language. Be kind to yourself. Be patient as you learn this. Show yourself some grace and mercy. Don't expect a 180 degree turnaround overnight and celebrate the small victories. Celebrate those times when you practiced being on your side, that eventually you're going to be able to celebrate the times when you automatically are on your side and it is it is becoming learned behavior and it is your automatic response some of the time and then and celebrate it as it is increasingly your automatic response. I have probably talked about this on the podcast, but the concept of kind of having your own back was introduced to me by a coach that I've talked about many times that I was involved with several years back. She was sort of the the genesis of me knowing what life coaching was and, and you know, being a student of life coaching. And she talked about One day, realizing that she didn't have her own back in areas, and she had that negative self-talk, she was on her case a lot. And she decided to draw a line in the sand and kind of say, okay, I'm not going to do that. That's just not okay anymore. I'm not going to talk to myself that way. And because I do not suffer from a lack of self-confidence, I listened to that episode of the podcast, and I thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it. I've got more education than her. I'm older. I'm wiser whatever I told myself. And I did. I drew a line in the sand that day about negative self-talk. And it has become such a rarity in my life now that that that's what I pay attention to. That's what jumps out at me is when I actually do engage in negative self-talk because it's so rare. And it didn't happen overnight. But it did begin with an awareness that, like Forrest Gump, I did that. I realized I identified, I related to what she was saying, I understood it, and I began to pay attention and began to redirect my brain to think more positive things about circumstances and not beat myself up. And honestly, the grace that I can show myself when I do beat myself up, when I'm on my case, I can usually attribute it to one of a few things. I'm exhausted. I haven't had enough sleep. I'm sick. That's a big one for me. If I'm not feeling physically well, I can beat myself up with the best of them, right? And so recognizing those those triggers, if you will, and just that awareness goes so far in terms of, okay, I'm sick right now. If that's one of your areas like it is for me, I'm sick right now. I'm just going to be gentle with myself. I'm going to be, I'm going to be gentle. And just that kindness that you show yourself. Think of how you would want your best friend to treat you when you've had a bad day or when you've quote unquote failed, how you would want a family member to treat you or how you would want to treat your best friend 
and treat yourself that same way. I hope this is helpful content for you today, and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.